Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church, where we're changing the way the world sees God. I know you're thinking like, why do you got to change the way the world sees God? What's wrong with the way we see God now? I'll tell you why. Until we see God the Father through the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, through His teaching, through His life, through His death, burial, and resurrection, then we got the wrong picture of God, and we're not going to be able to believe how good He is. Listen, this series that I'm teaching this month is about how imperfect perfect men who made messes out of their life. Sometimes they had bad theology. Sometimes they got into sin. Sometimes they just made bad decisions. Sometimes they didn't use wisdom, but they ended up in situations that could have cost them their life. It could have cost them their future. It could have hurt millions of people, but they managed to survive and thrive. In fact, one of the things that's so interesting about this, it seems like so many people that I talk to today, when you start talking about mercy and recovery, all they're really interested in is, can I get by with what I did wrong? You know, if that's what you think mercy is, then I, then I got to tell you, you're really kind of missing the point because mercy isn't just the fact that God treats us better than we deserve. Mercy actually draws us back toward God. And if we're actually receiving that mercy, it's going to draw us back toward God. And really the, the, uh, the Hebrew word for mercy uh, pictures the idea of us being drawn back to the heart of God so we can harmonize our heart with Him. So mercy isn't just, hey, I got by with it. Mercy is, you know, I, I got better than I deserve. But even better than that, even more important than that is the fact that God still wants to have this relationship with me. God's drawing me back out of place. Because, you know, religious people, when you do something wrong, man, they want you to pay and pay and pay and not stop paying. And boy, it's just like you can't suffer enough to satisfy a, a mean, judgmental, legalistic, religious person. But you know something? That's not what God's out for. God's out for restoring the relationship. So we're talking about these people who not just got a better life than they deserve. They didn't just get forgiveness, you know, for their sins. They actually went on to overcome the root of their sin, the thing that caused them to sin to start with so that they wouldn't fall back in that ditch again. And then they were able to go on and live their destiny. Man, I'm telling you something. That's the coolest thing in the world. We don't have to give up our destiny whenever we find ourselves in, in horrible situations. You know, Job is one of the great examples of a man being restored from bad theology. So today we're talking about the, the sin Job didn't commit. Now, I want to tell you something. The book of Job has given us more bad theology maybe than any book in the entire Bible. But the reason that happens is because people are always talking about what Job said, what his friends said. Nobody talks about what God said and talks about the process that Job went through in order to put his life back together. But we're going to talk about it today. And listen, as always, 
the series that accompanies what we're teaching on here is almost 10 hours. And we go into details and insights and nuggets that we just, we, we just can't go into them here. You know, uh, this month you're going to get about, uh, you're going to get about two hours of a 10 hour series. And so if you're wanting to be one of those people, number one, to protect your heart so that you're not going to fall in this stuff, but number two, so you can get over your past and get up and, and reconnect to your divine purpose, then, then this is going to be a series for you. Imperfect people with a perfect life. So, you know, Job's character is really what made him survive his bad theology. You know, your character is important. And if if you don't have character, if you don't have godly character, you will not survive when things go wrong. Let's talk about it real quick. Like, first of all, in the book of Job, and you know, it's kind of interesting because I first preached the truth about Job, a series called The Truth About Job, about 30 years ago. And since then, I don't know how many people have have taken that material and written books about it, taken that material and, and re-preached it. Uh, uh, but the real truth is this is something that God showed me over 30 years ago that I've been sharing and giving people hope, people who struggled hope, and people who had false uh, concepts of God. You know, one of the greatest false doctrines that come out of the book of Job is that God handed Job over to the devil. Now, <clears throat> like I said, horrible theology comes out of the book of Job because we don't look at what God said. We look at uh, what religion says, and we look at what Job and his friend says. Now, first of all, I want you to understand this. Job was convinced that all the bad things that were going wrong in his life were somehow, for some unknown reason, orchestrated by God. And sadly, that's what most Christians think based on the King James Version of the Bible. But I want to tell you great news. God did not orchestrate or allow this thing to happen. You know, Job 1, and I will, I won't, I'm not going to go into it, but, uh, you know, Job 1 tells us that Job was an upright man. He was a straight man. There was no crookedness in him. Job wasn't a guy that was trying to cut corners. He was not a guy that was trying to get by with something. But in Job first chapter, verse 6, it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. This is referring to the angels. And Satan... Uh, also came among them, and the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro throughout the earth and from walking back and forth in it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered? Now that word considered is, Have you set your heart on my servant Job? He's not saying, Hey, did you take a look at Job? Did you see what a good guy he is? Let's have a contest. That's not what's being said here. Satan is saying, God is saying, you, you've set your heart on my servant Job. And he said, there's none like him in the earth is blameless and upright and who fears God and shuns evil. Now remember, that word fears God, that is very important here. Because if you misunderstand the fear of God, you misunderstand a lot of books of the Bible and a lot of people in the Bible. Because the fear of God, the, the, the literal translation would be like the all, the respect, the honor that inspires love and worship. But in application, the fear of God is in this awe and wonder and respect and this desire to connect with God is the fear of breaking God's heart. That's how a Hebrew would, would interpret that phrase, the fear of God. Job was somebody that wanted a relationship with God. He had no intention or no desire to be reckless or ruthless with God's heart. So Satan answered, 
the Lord and said, well, does Job fear you for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him and around his household and around all that he has on every side? You've blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. Now, right there, we see that God blesses his children. Even Satan recognized God blesses his children. But Satan says this, but if you'll just stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. Now, I want you to understand something. It is a myth that Lucifer has any hope of ever winning a battle against God. He's already been cast out of heaven. Jesus has already been raised from the dead. He knows he has but a short time. And, and pure Satan worshipers will tell you they know they're never going to win. They know they're going to hell. And their only joy is to destroy what God loves. And the strategy for that is to lead a person into deception and mess up their life by their lifestyle and then get them to blame God. Nothing brings more joy to the devil than a destroyed believer who in his self-righteousness, ignorance, and unbelief, blames God uh, for, for what he's going through. Now, so verse 12 says, The Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Now, we take that as God said, Oh, okay, okay, let's go. Here we go. I'm going to put everything he's got in your power. No, the word behold is an acclamation. It's like saying, Behold, there's a snake there. Now, if I were to say that, I didn't put the snake there. I'm acknowledging an already existing fact. You see, Job had already put himself in Satan's hands because of his fear about his children. Job was always afraid that his kids would get drunk and blaspheme. And so he was always making sacrifices for his kids. He always had this fear of these evil things coming, coming upon him. And very possibly, uh, you know, he had a limited knowledge of God. After all, Job is the oldest book in the Bible. And uh, uh, for uh, all that Job had for the revealed knowledge of God has been what was orally passed down from the garden. So he did have some limited the theological opportunities. So he, God is saying, look, it, this has already happened. Everything he has is already in, power, in your power. But God's saying, but I'll tell you this, I'm not going to let you touch him personally. And so we know Satan goes out and, and, and wages this war. You got to remember, Job's fear is what put him in Satan's hands. Just like our fear and unbelief causes us to yield to the doctrines of devils, yield to things that will destroy our life instead of yielding to God. We think God's mad at us. But you know something? God loves us. God's always for us. We can always trust him. He, he will never turn against us no matter what we do. That, that doesn't mean that everything's going to be rosy because him not turning against us doesn't mean that that solves our problems. We got to walk with him. We got to follow him out of our problems. So <clears throat> let's look at Job's character in this situation, try to understand a little bit about, about Job. Now, in, in Job 111, uh, uh, of course, we, we've already talked about that where, where God and, and Satan have, have this struggle. So Job finally in verse 21, it's like, it's like, man, you know, his, his kids get killed. Uh, his, his possessions get stripped away from him. Man, he's in sackcloth and ashes with, you know, bowls and whatever. And, and Job said, look, 
Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord giveth, and the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, we take that scripture, the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away, and we quote that as scriptures, I mean, at, at, at funerals, and make people believe that God decided when a person was going to die. Let me tell you something. That is a myth. God does not arbitrarily decide when anybody's going to die. If your mother, your father, your child, your mate died, God didn't do it because he needed another angel in heaven. That is blaming God for something that is that, first of all, would never have happened if sin hadn't come into the world. And secondly, that could have just happened through natural causes, through people getting getting old or, or getting sick or, or those kinds of things. But we take this bad theology that Job had here and we say, oh, okay, see, that, that's in the Bible. Yes, it is in the Bible. Here's the thing about historical books. Historical books show you what's in the Bible. It doesn't mean that, that every decision they made or everything they said was accurate, but everything God always says is accurate. So, so but here's the interesting thing. The, what was the sin that Job didn't commit? In Job 1.22, it says, in all this, Job did not sin uh, against God with his, uh, with his mouth or with his lips, um, nor charge God with wrong. Now, even, even though Job believed God was the source of his problem, it's very interesting. In the Hebrew, this word for sin here is, a, is, is, and there's a lot of different Hebrew words for sin, but this word for sin is like being overcome by fear to such a great degree that, that really you, you give up on your life. You give up on your destiny. You, you, you lose your purpose for being alive. And, and I find this to be incredibly interesting that even though Job thought God was doing all this, he would not give up his ultimate destiny and his ultimate purpose in God. And even when Job couldn't find any present hope, I mean, you can't find hope in God if you believe God is the one that's causing the problem. Now, in Job 19.25, we get into something here where we really see inside the heart of Job, where he says, and this, this is interesting, because you see, in the Garden of Eden, there was a prophecy that the Redeemer would come, and that uh, he would crush the heel of the, of the serpent, and evidently had been passed down through, through oral uh, instruction, passed on from the Garden of Eden, that that the Redeemer would come, stand upon the planet earth, and he would redeem the righteous. And so Job says, I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last, or in the last days on the earth, and after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold him, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. Man, this is the insight into Job. Even though Job thought God was the one that was doing everything to him, and he didn't understand it, and he couldn't explain it, he still had this one clear promise and this one clear hope that God, would, the Redeemer, would come to planet Earth, stand upon planet Earth, and that Job would be raised from the dead and be with him in a new body. He knew that. He said, you know something? I don't know why this stuff is happening. Again, he thought God was doing it. I don't know why God's letting this happen. I don't know why God's doing this thing, but I'll tell you this. I am not giving up my eternal hope in God. I am not giving up the trust of what I know for sure about God. You know something? 
I see people all the time when they when they can't solve some what I call a little daily problem. It may be serious, but it's just a daily problem, some daily hardship. They'll throw away their eternal hope because they can't work through some particular issue. And let me tell you something. When you can't work through a particular issue, it's all about your beliefs. It's not necessarily it's not how bad you are. It's not because God's upset with you. It's just about what you believe about God and what you believe about you in your heart. Listen, let me just share a little bit about some events that are going to be coming up this year. You know, in September the 24th and 25th, I'm going to be in Blue Springs, uh, Missouri. Man, we are going to have an incredible meeting there. If you're interested in coming, you can come to my website and get the details. We're going to be at Cornerstone Church. And uh, we're, we're going to be there with, with uh, a pastor that I just deeply love. He's just one, one of the greatest pastors I know. I'm telling you what, this guy is a... Uh, uh, he's a, he's a hero in my book. And so if you want to be there with me, we're going to be talking about connecting to the life of God. And this is going to be an incredible, incredible meeting. Also, uh, don't forget, uh, in October, uh, we're going to have Heart Physics Weekend. That's October the 20th through the 22nd. That's here in Huntsville, Alabama. And we're going to be dealing with, I, I don't know what the title of it's going to be yet, but we're going to be dealing with, with stress the secret killer or the silent killer or the killer within. 90 to 95% of all diseases are caused by stress. And we're going to do a, we're going to exercise some heart physics, uh, programs that are going to teach you how to get out of stress how to get into the place of peace, how to get to where you can sleep better at night like you're, like you were created to sleep, how you can wake up in the morning with energy. And see, once you get to that place of peace, then in the absence of that stress, you can open your heart and you can hear the voice of God as He's trying to lead you and show you what the next step. I'm telling you, this is a life changer. And the following weekend, which is October 27th, 29th. Now listen, uh, uh, be sure if you heard the first announcements about this, that was going to be a, a different date in Victoria, British Columbia. And, and remember, the dates have been changed, October 27th through, through the 29th. I'm going to be having a leadership that builds people conference. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor. It doesn't matter if you've got a business. It doesn't matter if you're just trying to be a better leader in your family. This is going to be an incredible conference about leadership and how to lead people without being a dominator, a controller, and all that kind of stuff. So be sure and check all this stuff out. Join me if you can. I'll tell you, we have a great time in these meetings. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure and uh, just like this program right now, because when you like this program, it means more people have the opportunity to see it on YouTube, and you can help me reach thousands and thousands of lives. All right. Let's jump back in this message. So, <clears throat> so he says, he says, my heart yearns within. See, this, Job had the revealed knowledge of God that had been passed down from the garden. And he was acting on what he knew, but there were things that he didn't know. But the key is this right here. How my heart yearns from within. In other words, I'm going to see God for myself and see, this is the main thing. This is the main factor that you find with people that make it, no matter what their circumstance are. Job is kind of saying, I don't care what else happens. I don't care if I understand it or not. I don't care if I can ever explain it or not. But I'm telling you this, 
I want to see God. I want to be connected to God. I want to have a relationship with God more than anything else. And that's why it was said of Job that Job feared God. He feared breaking God's heart. He feared anything that he might do that would have a negative effect on his relationship with God. I want to tell you something. That needs to be the top priority in all of our lives. And, and if we if we experience God and how good he is, that will become our top priority. You know, <clears throat> so many times you see in the Bible, you see people make statements of bad theology, but they have a good attitude. And it shows you what their attitude is toward God. But the sad thing is, sometimes we take what these people say in their bad theology. It doesn't line up with anything that the Word of God says. It doesn't line up with any of the names of God. It doesn't line up with any of the things that Jesus revealed to us about God. And yet we'll make it theology, even though it contradicts all of the places that God said we could go to to understand um, uh, our theology. But listen to this. Job is talking, and because his friends are saying, God's going to kill you, you're dead, you're gone. And he says this, King James says it this way, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's Job 13, 15. Now, that's really not a great translation of this, because really what it says in the Hebrew, Surely he will slay me, yet I'm going to trust him. You know something? As I've pastored for, you know, over 30 years, and one of the things that you begin to see as a pastor is like people will quit on God for nothing. It amazes me at the things that people will just stop walking with God about. And here's a guy who, who so is committed to knowing God. Now, see, this is kind of a paradox because even though he thought God was probably doing all this stuff to him, he, he, number one, he still valued eternal life. Number two, he still evidently believed there was hope in God beyond what he understood. And see, if you had a great friend, somebody you really trusted, somebody that, you know, their word was good, they treated you right, they always did you right, and suddenly they were to start do something that really looked peculiar and looked offensive, if you knew that person and if you knew their character, you would give them the benefit of the doubt. You, you know, you'd, be, you'd be like, I don't like what's happening here, I don't like what, what you're doing, but you know what? I, I, you're my friend, I'm staying connected to you. So that's what Abraham was. Abraham was the friend of God. He wanted to stay connected to him. Uh, uh, Job gives God the benefit of the doubt, and he says, look, e even if you kill me, I just don't understand what's going on, but I am still going to trust you. It absolutely does not matter. So Job is saying that when God takes my life, I'm still going to be hoping and expecting for the opportunity to meet God face to face in eternity. Spend time with God. So again, this is the prevalent attitude of people, not just people who, who get out of sin, but people who solve their sin problem, solve their unbelief problem, solve their attitudinal problem, reconnect to God in their relationship and go on and live their destiny. Well, I'll tell you something. And we don't have much time left to go into this, but I go into a lot of this in the series. Uh, remember, God doesn't even start talking until chapter 38. In chapter 38, God says, Who is this who darkens my counsel, spoken by words without knowledge? 
And Job is sort of like, mm, you must be talking about me. God says, Job, let me ask you some questions. And man, God begins to ask him questions about, about creation, ask him all kinds of questions about things that were just too great for Job to know. And, and so in the midst of it, God then asks him this. He says, can a mortal be more righteous than God? In other words, by you claiming yourself to be innocent and claiming that I'm the one doing this, you're saying you're more righteous than I am. See, that's, that's what we do today with socialism, communism, humanism, and all those other isms. It's like we come up with, with ideologies that violate word, God's word and say that we're doing it out of love and kindness. But if it violates God's word, then you're saying you're more kind than God. You're more merciful than God. You're more loving than God. Well, that's exactly what Job was saying. And then finally in Job 40, verse 8, God says, ask him another question. Would you annul my judgment? Would you condemn me that you may be justified? I want to tell you something. That's what we do. We condemn God so that we can be justified. So we say, I don't know why God's doing this. man. I'm, I'm doing my part. Well, I want to tell you something. Even if you got bad theology, and you got a great attitude like Job, you can still get recovered. Because see, there's this thing called the revealed knowledge of God. And Job had a lot of the revealed knowledge of God. But then there's the secret knowledge of God. Now, the secret knowledge of God is not when God comes and tells you something different than what's in the Bible. It's not when God comes and straightens out your theology. It's when God gets face to face with you and shows you how to apply the truth in your life. He loves on you. He persuades you that you can trust him and his word and his truth and your life can change forever. You know, Job in chapter 42, verse 3 says, to God. You ask, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. So you can't take any of that stuff that God, I mean, that Job said about why this was happening to him and use this theology. He said, because I was just talking about stuff I didn't understand. Things were too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you and you shall answer me. I have heard of you before by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore, I bore myself and I repent and dust and ashes. You know something? All Job was really doing is walking in one of the first laws of kingdom living, and that is you got to want this more than you want anything else. And this happens to be God. You've got to want God more than you want anything else. You've got to want a relationship with God more than you want anything else. Listen, if you're in, if you're, if you're going through something right now, I mean, if your life is, if you're hurting, if you're in pain, do not get to the place to where you start thinking life is hopeless. There's no reason for you to be here and there's no solution for you. Do not lose hope. That's the sin that Job did not commit. He did not lose hope in God. He knew that, he knew that no matter what, there was a confident expectation of a good outcome for him. So listen. 
Don't lose hope. Connect to God. Listen, download this series. Start on it, man. Dig through this stuff because I'm telling you, this is going to be life-changing for you. Now, listen, if you don't have my mobile app, be sure and get it. We're getting a lot of people that that want information from us, and they're, and they're saying they can't find it. If you've got my mobile app, you're going to get my daily inspiration, which is always going to be a word of encouragement, it's going to help you through the day. You're going to know about all my meetings. You're going to get special offers, and, and you can get special access to the World Changer page then we'll be at, we wish that should be added by the time this announcement is aired. We want to do everything we can to stay connected to you, help you stay connected to God. So right after this goes off, be sure and subscribe to my YouTube channel and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.